Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. Were you <clears throat> were you microblogging? Mm. <laughs> were you microblogging on Twitter.com? <clears throat> I am late for our call because I was microblogging. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I thought that was between dudes, but yeah, I was. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about on the internet right now. Yeah, well, you know, Are, it's funny you should say that. I was I was making a blog, as they say. Yeah. On uh, on one of the on that site you're not supposed to use anymore. See, I, yeah. this is going to kill the longevity. Tumblr Tumblr sold the, themselves to Facebook. Yeah, for a cool cool bill. A billion dollars. One point one. Yeah, I, you know, I'd be happy with the point one. I know, right? I'll take I, I could pay one. a lot of bills with a point point one. Bill. You know how much I could do with point one. I, I, you know what? If you don't mind <laughs> my asking, what is that? What is that? I have to look it up on Wolfram Alpha. What is that? Um... It's a hundred million dollars. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of bill. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, mm. I could. Um, that's like that. Uh, that people that won the lottery in Florida after taxes. You know. I shouldn't even talk about the lottery. I have very strong feelings. You know what? I just checked on Wolfram Alpha. It's $100 million. Yeah. Yeah. You ever use Wolfram Alpha? I told you about this. You did. I, I put it up on my dashboard. I use it all the time. I had to figure uh, out uh, megawatts to watts the other day, and it was uh, for a joke. It was yeah. very helpful. I don't use it. I, I tried uh, I tried today, earlier today, I tried to figure out what percentage of the world's population uh, was represented by America. There's 7 billion people in the world and 300 and or 350, what, 400 million Americans now? I, I think that's right. But I right. used a calculator. You know, this is one of those, I want to get back to microblogging. Actually, I don't. I, um, I'm really screwed up about that because of a Burger King commercial from the mid to late 70s. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Burger King was first, I don't know if you remember these days. I know you're a very young man, but it used yeah. to be if you went to McDonald's, yeah, and we, we've talked before about the grill order. A, right. grill, a grill order is uh, encoding. You call it like an exception. You you go in and you say, you kind of on the sly, you say, "Look, I want a plain hamburger. I want you, I want <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to like you know. In my case, I would go in and say, and the key to a grill at McDonald's because I, I used to work there and I read yeah. the trades. Yeah, you go into McDonald's and you yeah. don't ask for extra something. You no. ask for not something. It right. has to be not something that's hard to remove. And I'll just tell you, as an insider, ketchup is hard to remove. Huh? You can scrape. I, you know, you can, I, scrape have personally, I have personally found ketchup is hard to remove. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, no. I would uh, when I was a kid, I would go into McDonald's and order a plain hamburger. So, and, and here's the key, and I, I, this is probably I obvious. Got a freshie. In this. Hmm. In, the, in this age of uh, personalization and customization, this will probably seem obvious, but at McDonald's, you, you kind of screw up the McDonald's. If everybody came in and asked for it, as Burger King would say, to be made in their own way, right? you screw everything up. Because if you go to a McDonald's, you go – I went to a McDonald's once at midnight in Chicago – and uh, uh, the, that's three mistakes in a row. Well, and I was there, and the members of Cult Jam showed up and were signing photos. Wait, uh, Lisa, Lisa, and Cult Jam. Lisa, Lisa was, was not was not in full force. Uh, it was it was just Cult Jam. Anyway, uh, you go to a busy McDonald's. You know this. You go to a busy McDonald's any time of day, and it's going to be really, really good McDonald's. Not as good as when we were kids, but good. Mm. Now the thing is, do, do you know do you know about uh, you know about wasting the idea of waste? 
you go in. And I, am, I am, I am, I am an expert on wasting. I am presently wasting away. You sound like you got a little bit of a head cold. Well, it's allergy season. Oh Jesus! You know what? I am and so you know, deep. I'm so deep in the stack right now. I have so much to say about allergies. The allergies climb up inside me, and then they make themselves comfortable. And right now, they are all sitting on like. They have outfitted the inside of my head with those green velour couches that oh, like were a in, that were in all the dorm rooms in the eighties, like the seventies ones that did are. You, did like you know I owned a pit group? Full of dander. What's a pit group? You know, one of those big kind of uh, square couch pits comprised of, in my case, eight distinct pieces. No, it's kind of like uh, kind of like watching uh, Hollywood Squares, but one part's missing. When did you have? I, I I thought that was a modern innovation. When did you have one of those? I'm gonna have to literally rewind to know where, what we're talking about. I had a brown velour pit group in college that, because as wow. you know, uh, it was the style at the time to be ironic in the way one furnished one's home. I had a velvet Elvis. I can send you a photo of. And right. I, I had an eight piece pit group, which means it's a large brown square that we occasionally. Sure, I, I remember now. I, I'm getting it. It was fine unless you dropped a doobie. And, uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a pit group. Anyway, you go into McDonald's. Hmm. Oh, allergies. Yeah. I, I had a super ball size loogie yesterday. Just in the size I, of a ball. Well, it was a small, a small bouncy ball. And I, uh, I get the allergies so bad. I don't know if I got a cold. You ever get that? You think you got a cold, but it's well, really your allergies. Cold. Now what happens is my allergies get in there and they, they, and then my mucous membranes become so, that, so enamored with mm. the idea that something fuzzy is going to come tickle them. Yes. That they're like, welcome travelers. It's like welcome Norman. Businessmen. It's like, well, it's like Norman Fell says in the graduate, right? You ain't one of them outside agitators. You got yeah. outside agitators. They come in and they get your mucus all excited. Yeah. They're just and, normally there to be like the, uh, the, uh, the, the worker ants to, to capture, uh, various particulate matter in the mucus. But in this case, they have been incited to riot. Yeah, and the re- my regular residents who were peaceful, happy, mm. little normal villagers, compliant, compliant villagers who were just going about their duties, being non-infectious. They are like, "Hey, wait a minute! We we demand equal time infecting your mucous membranes." <laughs> and then, and now I'm like, now I'm just basically I have the plague. Where's my it's, mucus parade? It's a beautiful sunny day in mm. Seattle. Uh, uh, the only thing that is obscuring the sun is the clouds of histamine agitating <laughs> pollen floating through the sky. And I'm sitting inside like uh, like someone uh, with the AIDS. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people... I've never been so glad I couldn't reach my bell. They've learned to live with it. They're oh, out John. having fun. They're like they have. They're going on boat rides. People with AIDS. Oh, oh, I can't do God. that. Puget Sound. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. People, people are living with AIDS. Oh and God! I, I can't live. I can't live in the world with because because the pollen clouds. Here's the thing. Thanks, and- Obama. Flame Obamacare. The uh, you know the problem the problem the problem with the allergies is it's a real ironical as we say is Oof. that is that the nicer the weather gets it's the changes in the weather that get you right it's like filling up on bread the weather yeah. changes it gets nice you get a high pressure system coming in yeah pretty that's soon what it is. and pretty soon I'm doing this all day yeah. I, my family is so nice about it but I make a sound as I walk around the house in the morning 
I, I, I sound like I, I sound like some kind of Spanish bull. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know what's someone, coming. Someone has already put two daggers and a sword into your home. I think it's called a picador. And you're just is that a you're dog? Just, you're limping around with blood streaming <laughs> out of your nose. Yeah. Well, so here's the latest in here's the latest thought innovation. Okay. Someone suggested to me the other day. You remember many years ago, I described to you the moment where someone said, where a friend of mine, this friend. Kristen said to me, "You are the most introverted person I've ever met." I've yes. told you that, that was a, that was a, that was a turning point, a milestone. And it was yeah, it was a it was a, a thought technology that changed <laughs> the way that I looked at myself. Mm-hmm. Every day, I I had a new thought technology, and the latest new thought technology that somebody hipped me to the other day was they said, "I think you have sleep apnea." I saw you toot about this. Yeah, and I was like, sleep apnea. Oh, no. I thought that was a thing for fat people. (laughs) And she said... She said, there's at least a couple problems with you. She said, well, you are fat enough to have sleep apnea. She speaks truth to obesity. Yeah, this is just a random person, too. Oh. And I said, she's not a random person, but, but, you know, she's not, not somebody that should have intimate knowledge of my sleepness. And, uh, and so I was like, huh, sleep apnea. And I'm and, and like a lot of mental technologies, once I get a hold of it, I turn it around in my hand, like Frodo looking at the, at the orb <laughs> Okay. and I'm looking into it. And then all of a sudden a flaming red eye vagina is looking back at me. <laughs> is that Sauron? Yeah, sore on the sore on the eye vagina is staring at me, and all of a sudden I feel cold, and I'm thinking, do I have sleep apnea? Because isn't that a terrible feeling when you feel the truth descending on you like a, like a cold rain? Mm. Oh, it's the I'm, worst. So I'm looking online because it, it all lines up. You're having that Bruce Willis moment where yeah. everything's flying by, right? That's no right. spoilers, but you're reeling through. Like the last 111 minutes, and you go, That's oh, right. my God. That red doorknob, I'm, it's going clack, clack, clack. Why can't I open the basement door? Oh, shit, John. Now, right? John, I'm trying to remember because I usually try to get as far away from you as possible when you're sleeping. But are, yes. I, are you a snorer? Well, so I never thought I was a snorer. See, nobody thinks they're a snorer. Right. And, uh, and all those years on tour where, where Eric Corson and Sean Nelson were having like sawmill contests <laughs> and I had to I had to jump up in the middle of the night and grab the end of the mattress where they where they were snoring away, sharing a bed. I actually I grabbed the end of the mattress one time and and like yanked it like I was like I was trying to do the tablecloth trick. <laughs> Like an illusionist? Yeah, like an illusionist. Like, yank this mattress out from under them, and, you know, neither one of them woke up. I can't believe Sean wouldn't like that. Oh, no. He, you know, he loved that kind of uh, on-tour hijinks. But, but so anyway, so lately, I've been hearing reports, unconfirmed reports, because, as you know, I am mostly a bachelor. (laughs) That I, that I snore. I can't imagine why. Sorry, and, you've and heard, so, you've heard, you've heard from from uh, bystanders. That, oh yeah, that, bystanders, that, unconfirmed sources. Mm-hmm. And so, so the so uh, so I go online. It's like somebody came up and said, "Maybe you have pancreatic cancer. <laughs> maybe you have maybe you have cancer of the bile ducts, like uh, Ray Van Zarek." <laughs> and then you go online and you're like, "Cancer of the bile ducts," and you look at it. I was gonna I was gonna look that up tonight. And you go, oh, fuck, I have cancer of the bile ducts because all the symptoms line up. The symptoms for sleep apnea are right. depression, 
lack of focus, tired all the time, irritable, grouchy, mm. think you know everything about the U.S. Supreme Court. <laughs> like, you just go down the list, and everything on it is true. I have all those symptoms. And I'm like, oh, sleep apnea. And then I start thinking about it, and I have, I have like, these, these suppressed memories or these, like, these repressed memories of waking up in the middle of the night unable to breathe of like of waking up like <gasps> this type of wake up do you ever wake up like that like <gasps> like struggling for breath um, is that a thing that we, you ever happen to have happen well i mean we went into this more later but I, I know a little bit about sleep apnea and i know that it's something that scares the living shit out of bed partners because people seem to they, they make a kind of noise and then they appear to just simply stop breathing for a while right well so you might hear a lot me. of for a while but then it's so for many years merlin one of one of my personal technologies <laughs> has been to you sound el- so much like a scientologist john <laughs> has been to eliminate bed partners oh kill the right? messenger yes exactly yes you have, like if you want to have if you want to share the attention of a lady friend there are a lot of places, first of all, a lot of places you can do that that isn't a be- that aren't beds. <laughs> and second of all, just because that you have just because you have been in a bed with somebody, just because you've shared a bed together, doesn't mean you have to stay there. No. There's no right? lock. Yeah. No. no. Like right about the time when everybody's getting sleepy, you just do like a soft high five. Oh, do you, do you like do you pull the covers up a little? Pull around, the covers around up. them. Yeah, pull the covers up. Give them a you, gentle you, kiss on the forehead. Not enough to wake them up. Bring a glass of water, set it on the bedside table in case yeah, they wake 20 up. 20 on the dresser. <laughs> they think to themselves when they wake up in the middle of the night, aww. What, what a thoughtful but, little bastard then, snorer. You know, then you're like, then the, the, the door goes click, and then you're out on the street. Yep. And you can go get a burger. You can do whatever you want. So anyway, I have not, I have, do not have a, a tremendously large sample group of people who have spent the entire night with me. Wow, say, that is that is complicated. You're like a film noir. Up. Yeah, right. So like, so like, oh, I, in the middle of the night, you were struggling to breathe, and it freaked me out. No one has ever said that to me, but that doesn't mean that's not happening, right? And so now, then, I, all of a sudden, I'm having all these memories, and it's like, wait a minute, am I am I actually remembering waking up in the middle of the night, struggling for breath, multiple multiple thousands of times over the last twenty years, or is this something where I'm where I am re- false remembering that I was bad touched at a daycare? Yeah, it's an Oprah memory, right? And it didn't actually happen. And I'm just it's just it's power of suggestion. So all day today, I've been sitting around thinking, do I have sleep apnea? Is that is that a thing? Ugh. Is it one? It's is it one of those? My is it one of those technologies? Thought technologies that all of a sudden I get to be one of those people who's like, I uh, thought I had all these problems. Oh, and- John, there's there's so much about this that's complicated. Because uh, first of all, yes, it, it it is a blessing and a curse to find out exactly what's wrong with you. That's yeah. it's so awesome and so awful. And and then second, you got to go to a sleep clinic, and oh, people are right. going. People are gonna people are gonna uh, attach those little uh, those little sticky things to you, the sticky pads, and they're and they're gonna have a video probably with like that really unflattering green light. They're gonna watch you flip around and watch it in fast motion, real creepy like. All I want to do is pull the covers up around them 
And then they're going to come in after and like 15 then, minutes and, and shake you awake. Put a glass of water by the, by the side of their little console and say, right. bye-bye, and then go get a burger. They're going to come in there after maybe 15, 15 minutes to an hour. They're going to come in. They're going to shake you awake to the extent possible, Uh-oh. check to see if you're still alive, and then say, uh, the, the good news is you don't have Rayman Zarek cancer. The bad uh, news is you so completely fucking have sleep apnea. And then, right, so, and then, and then the real party begins because you got to get a machine. Do you know about so the machine? Well, but before we go there. Okay. So the last, time, the last time I went with my little baby girl to the baby girl doctor, who's the actual, the doctor herself is actually a full grown woman. <laughs> baby doctor would be so awesome. <laughs> little baby girl doctor. And, and they just like, they bat at each other. And doctor, like, okay, I'm, so, I'm, here? I'm sorry, we're running a little behind. Uh, Doctor Wong <laughs> is still having nappies. <laughs> so I go in, and she looks. She, the doctor, looks in my baby girl's mouth uh, with a flashlight, and she says, "Does she ever, uh, when you're like, because I told her that I sometimes haunt my daughter's room in the middle of the night, just sit <laughs> sit in a chair and listen to her breathe." <laughs> That's sweet, and that it's not sweet. That I don't was know a question. What, <laughs> and so the doctor, having already heard this, yeah. was like, when you are creeping around your daughter's room listening to her breathe in the middle of the night, does she ever stop breathing for periods of time? And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean stop breathing? I mean, yeah, sometimes. But she always starts again. And she was like, right. Well, because your daughter has a really large uvula. Uvula. Uluvula. Uh, Areolier. Yeah, it's that little punching bag that hangs down. Or whatever. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's tonsils. There's something back there in the back of her throat. One of the fleshy Some kind of a throatal obstruction. A throatal obstruction that that, that the the baby doctor says is is just like genetically large in her and and probably causes her to have sleep apnea. Poor kid. And I was like, huh, really? And the doctor said, it's probably not a big deal. Wow. From, the, from, she, from the mouths of babes, literally. Yeah. And she said, a lot of times what happens is as kids grow up, they grow into their uh, architecture. <laughs> their their personal I like, technology. <laughs> I said, never happened to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but uh, so then, so now I'm thinking, oh, maybe that, I, maybe I am genetically predisposed to this. Maybe it isn't just that I'm that I'm 40 pounds overweight or maybe that exacerbates a natural tendency. So anyway, the machines. Yep. My, the uh, I, I have a, I have a close family member with the sleep apnea and this family member, uh, has a lot of luggage because this family member has to take a machine anywhere that he or she intends to sleep. Like one of those things where you see people walking through airports with a, with a, like an oxygen tank. No, Oh, that's smoking. I, now, smoking might have something to do with it. I think weight is a thing. Drinking, <laughs> drinking is a thing, and I, I think drink. there's probably yeah. I, think I have by, weight. I, see, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a physician, as you know, John. But um, when um, yeah, I can won't get into it. But but uh, but I think I think what it does is you put this real fruity looking thing o- over your nose, and I guess it, it helps you from seeming like you're dead to to your, huh. to your bedmate. But 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 you know, here's the other thing, John. Uh, and I don't you know. I don't want to diagnose you here. I don't know anything about all these mental things you're talking about. But right. I do know that sleep apnea, I believe, will make you not – in the same way that you don't know you snore, 
one knows, does not know one snores. One does not know that one has sleep apnea. You, one does also not know how poorly one sleeps, right? right? So you're waking up. There's the kind of waking up, and I've done this because I've tracked my sleep with the dingus and, and to did? see how well I'm sleeping. Oh, I got a dingus for sleeping. Where did you get a sleep tracking dingus? Oh, there's all kinds you can get. I'd love to talk about that. It'll, it'll tell you how well you're sleeping and it becomes like a video game where you try to get better and better sleep. Yeah. Well, and, so, so my, so every time I go to the doctor, all I was going to say though is that, uh, is that the, uh, is that you don't know, like, it just seems to me that you're not a great sleeper right now. Well, well that, that's what I, that's what I mean. Every time I go to the doctor, they say, do you, do you have problems sleeping? How, how, how do you sleep? And I always feel like saying, I'm asleep. How do I know? Yeah. But I mean, I don't like to go to sleep. And then once I do go to sleep, I don't like to wake. Do you wake feel, up. do you feel rested when you wake up? No. See, that's what do people feel rested when they wake up? Well, back to my dingus, you know, the dingus tells you basically at a, at a very, can, can I just describe this briefly? Cause it is, it's might be semi useful. I really want to hear about this. I've dingus. had, I've had two or three different dingi for doing this. Um, and, uh, there's actually an iPhone app that you can use for this as well. It seems super. How does that work? Well, right, do you really want to know? I, I already sleep with my iPhone. Yeah. I kind of figured. Um, what you do is, uh, so I, I've used a thing where you wear a thing on your wrist. <clears throat> I had a really stupid looking watch you could do this with that wasn't that useful. I've had a thing called a Fitbit that you can wear on your wrist. But, um, this one, there's the, the best option that I've found. It takes a can little you collect bit. Of, them all? Hmm? I, <laughs> that's right. You wear a Pikachu. Um, you put this, so it's this app and you plug in your iPhone overnight. You lay this thing, uh, on the corner of your bed, kind of near your pillow, like not where it can radiate your dingus. It's a wait. It's a separate thing, or it's an iPhone. It's an iPhone app that uses the accelerometer to detect motion. And <gasps> so you calibrate it by moving around. You move, so you, you flip it in for the first time. You flip over from your back to your stomach and see if it goes. And it's a, if you hear that, you know it's working. So then you just say, "Okay, I'm going to bed. I'm turning this thing on." And when you wake up in the morning, it'll show you this graph of how much you moved. Whoa! And so basically, it tells you, <clears throat> it shows you this this graph that's actually really instructional. And if you do this thing for a month, if you do it for two weeks, it tells you a lot. You do it for a month and it'll, it'll tell me like, for some reason I get the least and poorest sleep on Sunday nights. Like, I don't know why, but that's just, that's a pattern, right? Guilt? Yeah. By the Lord. Yeah. But, but, but what it does is it'll show you like, for example, you'll see, you'll see, you, you know, everybody's got their own patterns for sleep. Wait, do you have anxiety about Monday? I have anxiety about literally everything. Yeah, I know. But do you have extra Monday anxiety? Would that explain it? hundred percent. Yeah. Even though I don't have a job still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be also that's like when I watch movies, maybe. But what it does is it'll show you – think of it this way. Think of it like if you want to think of it simply in three basic states. There's the kind of deep sleep. There's right. the kind of like the waking – sleep. I guess so, yeah. I like their first four records. And then you wake up a little bit and then there's a big spike for when you've moved enough that you're really awake. So if you go and take a leak, you're going to see a giant – spike. But all I'm saying to you is this could be, I will send you a link to this. It could be very instructional and and it won't cost you anything. You don't have to wear something on your nose, but it it. it will show you how much you stir. And, and anyway, I think that could be really, it's interesting. I stir constantly. Like one of the reasons that I don't like to sleep with somebody else in my bed. There's so many reasons. There's not. And when I say sleep with, I am not using, it's not a euphemism for having a sexual Congress. Mm. I mean, actually being asleep in a place with somebody else also asleep. That's so weird. It's really weird. Why do we do like, that? I don't know. Like in the old days where you had to keep warm or, or, or you had to shelter against bears, I could see why you would all 
pile together in a cave. But now, yeah. when you could be separate places... Like, if you're soccer players that are getting ready to eat each other and you got to stay warm, that's one thing. Right, right, like, right, right. We don't, we don't poop next to each other. Like, why would we sleep next to each other? It's kind of Thank weird. you. Thank you. Exactly. Well, anyway, so one of the reasons I don't like to do that is, first of all, other people are warm and, and try and touch you. But another reason is that when I, when I sleep, if, if I go to sleep in a bed, when I wake up in the morning, it is like that bed is Oklahoma and I was... A, a, a F five tornado. The 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 blankets are not only and she she's she's a trailer park and she is literally a trailer park. There's nothing left of her except her foundation. But like the blanket is not only the blanket oftentimes does five or six three sixties in the night. You know the 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 oh the things, you're, are you a flipper. Oh, not just a flipper, but like a spinner. And sometimes I'll wake up and my head is down at the feet and the, and the, I can't sleep. I, I hate hotels because they all use such cheap sheets now, except for the really expensive ones. And so the, the bottom sheet is ripped off. The mattress pad is ripped off. I'm sleeping on a bare. Wow. It's like you're night fighting with, with, with your bed. Yeah. 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 I'm night fighting with the bed. That's exactly what I'm doing. Like I tra I trash beds. And so if there's another person sleeping in the bed, I'm so self-conscious about, about even injuring them that I, that I almost never go to sleep. I just lay there, I just lay there and, and silently curse humanity. Curse the fact that I, that I ever liked a person enough to have ended up in this untenable scenario where we are, we're in a bed together. John, that's, that, that, that's society, you know? It is society, I agree. I, they, they don't have those problems in Soviet Russia. Mm-mm. <laughs> Boy, I hate to say it. I'm not a clinician, but yeah. I, I mean, if your You're iPhone's there anyway, the well, I, you know, I do what I can. We've got a much nicer inflatable mattress now, by the way. And can I just say, I, I don't want to be a dick about it, but in retrospect, this could be my Bruce Willis moment. Maybe the fact that our previous two inflatable mattresses are, are like a fucking Taco Bell taco are because mm. you, would you call yourself a spinner? I'm a spinner. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was a skinny lady. I thought a spinner was some. I thought it was a, a a variety of UFO. You ever heard that term, spinner? For a skinny lady? Yeah. <clears throat> maybe, maybe it's a taco. Oh, I see what you mean. You no, I think, you, I, yeah. I think you're talking about a small, a diminutive gal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a uh, what you call it? A, a, a gleek? What do, yeah. What, but, what do you call the little like, guys? But but some 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 skinny gals are actually really tall. You oh, want to, right, you right. Want to spin one of those. Got a high center of gravity. Yeah, I'm just saying you might have been the one who fucked up our mattresses. But anyway, that's all beside there the point. There are a lot of things I'm probably responsible for. No, John, come I don't on. Mm. <laughs> I, you know, really. Are you as, taking? You don't take anything for that. Is that is as naughty as I am? I should have a peanut butter sandwich here. Yeah. Well, is that part of your tech? Is that you? <laughs> you mm. And so, so, do you you do you avoid like allergy medicine too? Is that no? Well, here's the thing. I will take the shit out of some allergy medicine because it's not, this is not a, I'm not kidding around with the allergies. I don't feel like, like almost all other drugs that, that seek to alleviate symptoms. I feel like more often than not, the symptoms are something that you deserve. <laughs> and what you should do is you should, because you, you live in the middle ages. That's right. You should be in the center of those. You symptoms. need to sit with that feeling. That's right. Like a you gentleman. A, are you sick? It's because there's something wrong with you. And you should <laughs> if you, you sat 
by yourself with your sickness a little bit right. longer. Right. right. You, if you have a fever, then you should be in your hotness. If you are, have chills, you should be in your shiveringness. Mm. And if you are, if you have a mental illness, you should be in the middle of it, and that, and and see if maybe the Virgin Mary appears. Yes, yes, but, possibly in a taco. But do, do you buy like we get those big Costco ones? I take the but, uh, the uh, used to be that one that was really expensive, and now it's really cheap. I'll take one of those a day, and it makes a huge difference. Claritin? Claritin. I get the off brand. I get Claritin or whatever. Well, so, some, so somebody said something to me about Claritin because it I doesn't always... have stimulants. No stimulants, John. Well, that's see. I was always an ephedrine or ephedrine, whichever you prefer. I've never person. heard of it. Never heard. Of I know, it. I know, I know. Well, let me hit you to this, Merlin. <laughs> I know you're now. You're not familiar with it, but it's a it's a kind of speedy thing that that makes your sinuses turn into speedy. the go the Gobi Desert, like no moisture can escape, and it does terrible things to I you. I have gotten it, a lot accomplished. Yeah. with the with the ephedrine. With the ephedrine. But, does stuff to your penis, though. So I didn't realize that. Go ahead. I don't. I hardly. I hardly use my penis. Can't see anymore. But uh, that's right. I'm too fat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but so somebody was talking about Claritin, and I was like, you know, one time uh, I ran out of ephedrine. Ephedrine. I ca- because I carry a large quantity of it with me uh, uh, in advance of allergy attacks. And I was in Germany, and oh, I ran you, out. You, you take it as a prophylactic. You actually would if, use it as a medicine if I'm smart. Yeah, I was in Germany and I ran out and I went to a pharmacist and I was like, "Hey, hi, hi, uh, guten Tag. Uh, uh, I need some of Bitte, this." Konen Sie mir I need some of this. It's very simple, small matter. Just give me some of this ephedrine and I will be on my way. Grüß Gott, Dankeschön. And the uh, German pharmacist said, "Oh, nine. Nine. This is a controlled substance in Germany. You cannot oh. have this. It is a it is a Schedule Five drug. They love banning things, and you cannot have it. It's terrible. This is terrible medicine. We will give you a much better German allergy medicine, <laughs> which uh, was made out of like uh, the, he went back and got his mortal mortar and pestle, and he, <laughs> he made up- he make you some kind of a nasal poultice. <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 took a couple of lavender leaves. <laughs> And some and like a half a shot of Jägermeister and like some shit that he pulled out of his ears. And he was like, this is, you know, this is much better. This is naturopathic remedy. And I threw it in his face. I was like, fuck you, Shisa. I want my shit. And I actually had somebody in the United States airmail me. Some ephedrine against the law into what, your. Uh, just out of curiosity, I'm sorry to interrupt you. The, the what what era are we talking about here? Nineties, nineties. This would have been the nineties, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I always use it as a prophylactic drug. I take a little when the allergy season starts. I take a little bit of it, and and it usually keeps me keeps the allergies at bay. But this year, I was feeling strong. I was high on the hog, and I flew too close to the sun. Mm. I said, I don't need this. I don't need it. I'm strong now. See how strong I am. I'm strong. And I was away from the house. And then the allergies descended upon me. And by the time I got to my pills, it was too late. Mm. Anyway, long story short, too late. I took one of those Claritins the other day. And a couple of ephedrines. 
and I was in a I was in a marshmallow candy land all day. It was it really screwed me up. I don't think that's Claritin, dude. I might have been mixing the drugs. I can't believe you take ephedrine. Well, no, no. I mean, like, I, I, God, I used to hork it down like a crazy person, but I mean, it seems like that would be outside your perimeter. I don't abuse it. I mean, I don't take it for like recreational purposes. You're talking I about think... like a 25 milligram ephedrine plus guaifenesin. One of those little red ones. Oh, the, the little red ones. Well, years ago they started adulterating it with guaifenesin. I think that's What's how it's guaifenesin? pronounced. Uh, it's an expectorant. But basically, they tried to fuck it up. As I think I've said on numerous occasions, when yeah. I was in college, you could get 50 for like two ninety five. And then I started – I think I, I've told you this. I have, a, I have an Excel spreadsheet tracking the cost over the years. Finally, um, right around the time, not long before I started getting actual real mm, medication, yeah. uh, it was something like $50, $30, for a uh, for like a bottle of – I mean, it was, it was 50, ridiculous. 30, $50. <laughs> so let me go to Wolfram Alpha. It became very, very costly and I had to get it from other countries. <coughs> Wait, they have, a, they have it for sale in other countries. Well, I mean, I had to do a little bit of gray market trading yeah. to get it, yeah, yeah. but, um, did you, use, did you use bitcoins? Yes. Well, I, I couldn't say if I did, it's like being in the CIA, but money. Um, how many, how many bitcoins do you think? I don't understand uh, bitcoins. I googled it once because uh, yeah. it sounded interesting. I mean, like yeah. I was just you know in my Pete Townsend research, it right. sounded very interesting. But <laughs> I it's conceptually understand. interesting. Well, it, well I, um, I, I went in and tried to figure out like, okay, it's one of those things like what, like any fad. You go like, okay, I'll try macrame. I'll get a starter yeah. kit, and I thought, right. oh, I'll go buy ten dollars worth of bitcoins. I'll go to a website because I, I don't fucking understand what it means. And but you every, do know websites that I know. Yeah. I know from websites, but yeah. all I could all I could suss out was that you go and meet somebody sketchy at a Starbucks, and then oh. something happens. Well, you have to meet people in the real world to get bitcoins. I see. This is what I don't understand. I think there's there's some kind of like Google ATM for them now, but it fell. I thought up. you could mine them. I thought oh, you you from, of all people would be mining bitcoins somewhere. Is that where you play play a video game and, and build a fake tower? No, I think you have to set up some kind of um, maybe maybe you set up a website that interprets captchas. Oh, and you get a farm. You get a farm, right? And you click a cow, and, and then people, you have a bitcoin. People come and fave your heart. How how many bitcoins do you think Marco got when they sold favored to uh, to? <laughs> you know Marco's name. <laughs> to, <laughs> That's kind of cool. To uh, what you call it? To the to the yahoos. He microblogged. Actually, he macroblogged about that today in a, in a very, very nice post. I think he got, uh, I think he got a pretty, pretty good handful of, uh, of bitcoins for that. Point, point one, hundred million. He, he's, you know what? This isn't. That's not interesting. But, but, yeah. well, I'm, I'll talk about it if you want. But I'm, I'm very interested in your nose uh, and your ephedrine. You know, I didn't realize. I, I told you this when I read <laughs> that Bob Mould uh, autobiography. I, mm. I knew that there was a lot of, there were a lot of stimulants involved in Husker Du for a while. Sure. I just always assumed that it was like, I don't know, like some kind of speed. I didn't know that they were just chugging down ephedrine. And I was like, wow. I didn't yeah, know there yeah. was a reason I liked you guys. Did I ever tell you about the time I was hitchhiking in in uh, Wyoming? <laughs> hmm. And I'm standing on the side of the road in my hitchhiking outfit, which was blue jeans and a blue jean jacket. And uh, <laughs> You sound like John Voight in Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my mom. Tell me if I told you this story. No, and, no, and, no. That's, that's cowboy country. And the sem- the semi truck pulls over, and in all the years of hitchhiking, 
it was very, very, very rare for me to ever get a ride in a semi truck. Now, if I was a if I was a twenty year old girl, I think I would have been riding in semi trucks all across America. I bet there's a twenty year old girl shaped seat in that car. Yeah, yeah, and and if you talk to hitchhikers, which I don't recommend. <laughs> A lot of them will tell you stories about semi trucks, like the, and their great hitch, hitchhiking uh, story. You know, all their great hitchhiking stories are semi truck uh, stories. You mean all they're like all the colorful ones? Well, yeah, because they're because either they're. I mean, I don't think there are any twenty year old girls that hitchhike anymore, but the, but used to be. But also people people who hitchhike by by haunting truck stops and like walking up to drivers and saying, "Hey, man." Uh, can I hitch a ride with you? I don't even know if that happens anymore. Well, it's like but they've you, never. It's like I mean, seriously, John. It's like they've never seen an episode of Quincy. Like, why would you do that? Well, because you get a free trip across the world. Get to play with the CB, if you know what I mean. Exactly. So, but but for me, as a guy who looks like me in my denim tuxedo, standing on the side of the road with my thumb out, semi truck drivers went by me five hundred an hour. And every one of them had his middle finger in the air. Like, no truck driver was ever going to stop for me. That's, that's not nice. It's just the way it is. It's just the, it is just the economy of the hitchhiking road for this guy who's making his living in the truck to share his space and time with somebody. He has to presume that that person has something for them or has something for him. You know what I mean? Like, hey, quid, come on into my cab. Quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. If this van's rocking, keep <laughs> quid walking. Quid pro quo. Ass, gash, or cash, cash, uh, ass, brass, or cash. God doesn't get credit. Nobody no checks. Anyway, so this semi truck comes comes up, you know, and I'm like, fuck! I'm out here in the middle of Wyoming, and I'm getting a ride in a semi. This is my this is my lucky day. And the guy pops open the door, and he looks down at me, and I'm standing there with my dusty bag, and like, hey man. And he looks down, and he goes, oh fuck. I thought you were my brother. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, I so, thought you were my brother, like a long lost brother or somebody from the area. Well, so, so I'm like, you know, so I'm kind of shrugging, shrugging my shoulders. And I'm like, so I'm not, but, uh, here we are. And he's like, ah, all right, get up, you know, come on, get in. And so I get in the truck and we start start off down the road and he's like yeah you look just like my brother and i went by you 20 minutes ago and i was sure you were my brother and so i got off at the next exit and i drove back by you going the other direction and i was really sure you were my brother so i got off at that exit and turned around and came back and and i and it's not and you're not him and I was like, wow, I mean, was, was your brother like, would your brother be out here hitchhiking here in the middle of Wyoming? And he was like, he just escaped from prison. <laughs> oh, no. And, he, and we're driving and he points over, he points over his left shoulder at the prison. <laughs> that oh. we're driving by that his brother supposedly just jumped, just broke out of I mean, and it's a weird enough i'm sorry it's a weird enough thing for him to say but then it must be triple weird when it kind of makes sense it totally made sense i'm wearing all denim no that's classic just broke out of prison wear <laughs> just you, broke you, out of prison they call it the workhouse 
I'm standing out on the interstate with my thumb out, which is not a place if you if you you're know standing about outside a prison in a denim outfit, thumbing a ride with a dusty bag. Yeah, and on an interstate, which is not a place where people normally was it, it was it, it wasn't like near an exit. It wasn't near an exit, and the and the reason that I the reason I was standing there was that I had just jumped off of a freight train, <laughs> and climbed over a fence, and then I was at this interstate, and I was like, well, might as well. So I was I was like five miles between exits, just standing out here, like across the street from a prison that I hadn't noticed. And so we're driving along, and it's just like the disappointment in the cab is palpable because he's he's bummed that I'm not his brother, and I'm kind of bummed that I'm failing to meet his expectations. Mm. Because as a hitchhiker, you kind of want to be. Isn't that kind of part of your job? Yeah, I mean, you want to you, be you a have to read. You have to read the room a little bit. You got to know like Clay. when to just shut up, or you got to yeah. know when to agree. You got to know when to get into the sleeper. Right. You got to know when this was a big mistake. <laughs> you got to you, you know you got to know when. Wait a minute. Why are the locks on the doors filed down? Like <laughs> breaker, you have to breaker. <laughs> you have to keep your eyes peeled. Anyway, so then he says, "You got any drugs?" And I said. <gasps> As a matter of fact, I do have some drugs. I bet you had some trucker speed. Well, I did not. Uh, I had some I had some marijuana mm. and some ecstasy and some mushrooms. Did he have a load at the time? And he had a trailer, yeah. And I don't remember. He didn't say what was in it. And then he said, oh, all right, well, this is probably going to work out fine because I have this trucker speed. Oh. And he had these cross tops, yeah. which I had never done at that time. Oh. And so we did a little like, I'll give you some of my hippie drugs for your trucker drugs. Yeah. And now we're like, now we're in an American scene. Yeah. Throw, throw, I, me, throw me the idol. I throw you the whip. I don't even have to be your brother now. No. We're all brothers. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, <coughs> we drove all the way to Cody, Wyoming together. God, that's that, that's like a great epic Harry Chapin song, like you nice. know, performed by O. Henry. My God, John, that's incredible! And so, so y- that was your introduction to to the ephedrine. That was my introduction to speed as a th- because I because up until that point, I I my drugs were all hippie drugs. You said in the past that you, if if I may, in in the past you've, if I understand correctly, you have preferred the down facing drugs, down facing drugs, right, or like mind blowing drugs but okay. I, I i was never white white powder like performance enhancing drugs that wasn't your like, tech it was it just wasn't where i was coming from i felt like those were greaser drugs those were drugs that were it's for the that, socias that's for the socias exactly that's yeah. for people who pop their collars get all hopped up yeah, it's for robert downey junior and less than zero that's what i was blogging about and i didn't want to end up that i didn't want to end up getting pegged in a hotel room in vegas mm. And that's a lot less likely to happen to you if you're like a mushroom taker. You don't like you don't get pegged on mushrooms. You're not going to get so strung out on taking mushrooms that you're ended up getting pegged in a hotel room before, <laughs> right? And, and, and sometimes basically, you say, sometimes you sound a little like Chris Christopherson. <laughs> basically, the guy that's got the mushrooms, yeah, he doesn't want to peg you either. No, he just wants to talk that uh, talk to that cartoon cat. Right. You both want to go look at the Zamboni at the <laughs> ice rink and talk about how it looks like a giant dinosaur insect. Huh. 
That's what you want to do on mushrooms. You don't want to, you don't want to fucking have, get pegged or be, or be a pegger. So, but I mean, so, so just to trace back for a minute, you're in the cab with that guy. I yeah. mean, obviously now you, you have something to talk about. You, you've, you know, broken the ice a little bit. Did, did you arrive? Was there some kind of an equilibrium with what you shared with each other? Did you, you know, obviously he'd probably had the marijuana before, but yeah. boy, that's a, that was, did you take it right there? Did you have the, uh, the cross stop right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it gave me, gave me some and, and, uh, one? and I, How many and you I have? rolled, uh, I had one. Oh, was, you had more was, than, you had more than one. I had a couple. Okay. That, that, that's a therapeutic dose. Yeah. It was enough that I was suddenly two's, like, two's plenty. It's, like, it's, it's like martinis, you know, like uh, cats. It's like Dorothy Parker says, you know, I mean, I don't remember the exact quote because I take Adderall, but, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, one's not enough and whatever two's too many. And, right. uh, if you have, I knew people who would take four or five and that's, well, I think you probably build up a tolerance. for that. Well, apparently, you know, the thing is my abuse of ephedrine was very, it was long lived. And in retrospect, really quite responsible compared to a lot of people. I discovered that the fucktards who were ruining it for everybody were the people who didn't know what they were doing. They would yeah. go out and they would take five or six, like, like they were St. Joseph's baby aspirin. And I think two is a responsible amount to, you know, make a lot of courtroom exhibits in my experience. Well, but I got I mean, a lot, I got a lot done, John. One of the things about speed, at least for me, is like the whistling, the high pitched whistling in your head. Yeah, I would think that would get a lot louder when, when you took five, I wouldn't want to be that at all. I don't like, I don't like feeling my heart beat at all. Right. Right. I don't, I don't like really feeling it. And no. then I don't, when you take enough ephedrine for a while, in my experience, you get this thing where like you feel your heartbeat one, number three, you feel a lurching in your heartbeat. But number two, this is the weirdest part. You know that you're about to feel a lurch in your heartbeat. Mm. See now, now with you and your uh, down facing Melvin drugs, you probably never got that. But no, uh, you were lucky to feel your heart continue to beat. Amen. But I, but that began me on a course where the next because up until that point in time, people used to offer me cocaine all the time, and I would always say no because yeah, I was pegging. Well, yeah, That's there was pegger. no, there was no good way that 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 was going to end for me. But then after the after this trucker speed experience, I was like, "Hmm, I'll try your cocaine." Oh, it was a, it was a gateway uh, pill. Was it absolutely was? Oh then man! I, then it was like, okay, speedy drugs. Let's see what let's see where this leads. Right. And in my case, it led into no good place. I never I never ended up getting pegged or doing any pegging in a, in any kind of Las Vegas scenario. As far as you know. But well, no, that's the thing. I've been. Nah, you, John, you, you got sleep apnea. You don't, but you don't. You don't fail to remember things that happen to you when you are on, when you are on amphetamines. How do you know? That's true. You, you see a lot of people writing novels about their fugue state. Make good point. I don't know. I don't even know if it's a point. But, I one uh, time, I one time decided that I was going to make a stencil, like an art, an art stencil. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you mean like sort of like the thing somebody would like spray paint graffiti yeah. kind of thing? There you go. Uh, one of those kind of Frenchy not, graffiti art stencils. Oh, like a French or like a French curve. You you um you're not going to like draw something with a stencil. You wanted to make one from uh, whole cloth. I wanted to make a make a stencil from whole cloth. And so I spent because I was on because I was on upper drugs. <laughs> I spent like 5 hours drawing Drawing this thing in, drawing this picture in like the minutest detail, like, like you, in the middle of a party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like sitting on a couch <laughs> in the middle of a party, drawing and just like, just like so focused. And you would need, 
you would need a precision laser laser to have cut this thing out <laughs> because you you made a rococo stencil it was like i, I was i was drawing i was drawing things i was drawing things that that a, a single lead of pencil was not was was too thick to make the lines that i had in mind and then when i looked at it later i was like what the fuck drugs i still have it i kept it I would love to see that. And, and can I just say, you would have fit right in in our pick group because because there was a lot of ephedrine and then there was a lot of uh, a lot of the marijuana. But you guys didn't go though. You guys didn't go in the direction of smoking. No, like, no, I'm from the suburbs. I, I no, 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 not at all. I, I I think I told you one time I've done <laughs> cocaine exactly once. Really, it did absolutely nothing for me. Sure, and uh, it just it's you know what it is. Maybe I don't know. It would be like dating somebody who's exactly like you. You know what I mean? Like, ugh, like I don't need more of this. Right. And, and uh, you know, and there's also the element of the, you know, as Bill Cosby says in himself, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I just take this and it makes me more like myself. Well, what if you're an asshole? Like, that's what worries me. Like, if I, if I had access to cocaine, like, I, that would be a Merlin I can't live with. Yeah. We shouldn't get, into, not- the, we shouldn't get into the crack thing, but I, I, w- I would like to talk about that at some point. There's no, there's nobody that is made better by cocaine. Everybody thinks they are you better. You have the profundity cocaine. of a heavy Rick James. <laughs> there is nobody made better by it. And as you as you move, either as you no, move, up, nobody ever. Not made. No, they're not made better. They 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 think that they are sparkling when really they are. You know, John. Boring. God damn it! You're hard on a lot of '70s and '80s albums because, as I think you have shown conclusively, mm. what, what is your quote that that uh, they're all literally made of cocaine yeah and especially right. especially the eagles right hotel california made of cocaine <laughs> uh, fleetwood mac rumors made of cocaine and so like, much I, cocaine you know her nose literally fell off after that album i know you know here's the here's the the, the terrible side of this story which is that fleetwood mac is playing tonight in tacoma oh god and i'm not there and, and the half reason of them I'm probably there, don't even know it uh, the reason i'm not there is that yeah? My friends in the Cave Singers tweeted earlier tonight that they they were pretty sure that Stevie Nicks was at the Tacoma Hilton watching Cash Cash Cab before <laughs> the show, which seemed seemed like exactly right. But I refuse to see Fleetwood Mac without Christine McVie, and uh, a lot of people really? are down on yeah. A lot of people are down on me for saying that Christine McVie is the George Harrison of Fleetwood Mac. I don't disagree with that, but, but I, I think uh, she's I think she's key. I think she's uh, crucial. Oh, 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 yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just, just in terms of being a, um, a way to offset those other big personalities. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't like. Sh- I like you. I, I really like you. Make love and fun. And I like, I like maybe three or four of her songs. But she's kind of a skipper for me. Well, I really, I, I really like like three Fleetwood Mac records a lot. Yeah. I like um you fast forward through the Christine McVie songs or something. Well, okay, Rumors and I'm sorry MP3 generation. Rumors is just about perfect. Yeah. Like I know that it could hardly be more cliché. It's like saying I like the Beatles. But Front Rumors Rumors is a really really good record. And and to your point John, the thing that you are arguably best at sequencing, it's a very well sequenced record. Yes. Don't you think? Yep, top that to bottom. Been, that would have been a different record if you listen to Fleetwood Mac's "Rumors" on shuffle. It's a different, different album altogether. You put that record on and you start driving. Yeah, and then uh, you, you're you're going north out of Spokane. As you do, and then and then you get to side two. You flip the tape. 
right around Chihuahua. <laughs> and then you, fl- you flip, flip it again at the you're Canadian like an insomniac, border. You're like an insomniac Richard Hugo poem. <laughs> the, the trout down McChula Tavern. Uh, but I mean, the, but yeah. look, I don't want to go see... I don't want to go. I went to see Van Halen. Is she opposed? Whoa, 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 whoa! Ah, fuck, this is like three episodes. Is she opposed? She's so she's not involved anymore. She doesn't want to be a part of it, and I think it's because Lindsey Buckingham is such a fucking nut. He's. So, he, I do not think he is off the cocaine. I think he's still on the cocaine. He he is a very very frustrating character to me. Yeah, and I think that he's very frustrating to Christine McVie. I, I don't think want he's to frustrating him. to everybody. He seems like he's one of those guys that like he. And you know, if, if you're a listener, Lindsay, like I am, I hate to say this because first of all, he is, he is one of my top eighteen favorite guitar players ever. You're an amazing guitar player, Lindsay. I'm going to he assume that you're like listening. Such a flaming, like empirically flaming asshole. He just seems like the worst guy in the world. And every note that he's ever played on a Fleetwood Mac record, I have no, I can't find a thing about it. Even when he plays live on an acoustic guitar, I don't think he's ever hit a sour note. He's kicking ass right and left. He is Still, amazing. His, I have a solo record from Tasteful. like four years ago, and and it's it's impeccable. He's so coked up, and yet he's like he's like. <laughs> Just, just laying in these impeccable little bits, and yet I can't yet. find a, I cannot find a single nice thing to say about him as a, as a person. And it's not that he's ever done anything bad; it's just that every interview I've ever watched with him, I'm like, oh, oh what an asshole! Oh my god! I and isn't get it funny we can even have this conversation at all, knowing what we know about Fleetwood Mac, having watched the classic albums yeah. uh, episode, as as I know we both have numerous times. Like, yes. isn't it funny that we even hesitate for a minute to think that anybody in that band would would have I don't know how you would even ever talk to somebody again in that band. They've got so And the many thing problems. is I know that he's listening and I feel bad about it because we've oh. we've we have we've criticized some of our listeners before and a lot of them have stuck around. Okay. Even okay, well let me just give you my bona fides. I don't know if you followed the link. I sent you a link about Recently? T- Well, it doesn't matter. I just want to say this to Lindsay personally. Oh yeah. I'm glad you're here for this, but I sent you a link uh to a a mashup and as you know, I'm not a mashup fan, but right. I sent you a link to a track from a mashup album uh, called Feed the Animals by Girl Talk. And there's one section of this one song where they take uh, Salt and Peppa, one of those black girls with blonde hair bands, sure, and, and layer it over the solo from Gypsy. Oh, uh, I think I might have heard that. And that solo... Yeah. It tells a little story. It does. You know? He walks you through it. Think about like, um, uh, what's that song called? You know, the, the rumor song. But think about his, his finger picking. Only an asshole could finger pick that well. Well, and this is the problem, I think, with music is that you can be terrible yeah. as a person and and be connected to the column of light are you are you conflicted at all about that it seems well, like you're not yeah. uh, well i mean i am because uh, i mean uh, you've got access to the corridors of power you've met some flaming assholes yeah you've met a lot of flaming assholes but you've also met a lot of gifted people certainly it is it is so great to meet somebody like a charles bissell and go oh my god you're so much nicer than me and so yeah. much more talented than me but you certainly must have met your share of people backstage where you're like this is the most 
execrable human being I've ever met, but that can no. still play that guitar like ringing a bell. First of all, Charles Bissell is, is much more talented than I'm at the guitar, but I would not argue that he was nicer than me. But I see, I see where you're coming from. Really? He is nicer than you. Hmm. But, well, we, we both, we both dress but, like us, uh, slightly retarded lesbians. But um, this is, this is the, this, yeah. this gets back to the Oscar Wilde, the, the, the terrible paraphrase of Oscar Wilde. <laughs> Which, <laughs> the only thing worse than quoting Oscar Wilde is not quoting Oscar Wilde. <laughs> 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 Which is that, you know, great uh, art, great, great oh. art. <laughs> ah, losing one Lindsay Buckingham is understandable. Losing two seems like carelessness. <laughs> oh. I had this idea in my head of a New Yorker, of a New Yorker Oscar Wilde sounds desert too- island cartoon where I'm stuck on a fucking island with Oscar Wilde, like under yeah. a coconut tree, and I would strangle him after 12 hours. No, not Oscar Wilde, a cartoon version of Oscar Wilde, like a, like literally a cartoon, an animated Oscar Wilde. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. That sounds like the mushrooms talking, John. It's kind of like making sounds like Chef Boyardee. Woo-hoo, John, woo. as you know, on this show, we have a policy of not naming names. Yeah, <clears throat> true. And uh, so my question to you is, have you met people that, well, this is what's what's in the business called a leading question. I suspect that you've met people that, I know you're not a fan, but there must be people you've met who you admire, you look forward to seeing, and then when you meet them, they are either, well, and let's just stipulate that maybe they're as talented as you'd hoped, uh-huh. but... Have you met people on the spectrum of, like, nice to butthole? I mean, there must be people where you go, oh, my God, you're so cool and you're as good as I thought. Or, my gosh, you are so talented and you should really be literally living in hell. I mean, the the famous uh, – I had this I had this kind of profound – Roger Daltrey, nice guy, right? Yeah, except he kind of – Did he, my he mom, blow your mom off? My mom was really excited to meet him and he, he kind of looked her up and down and he was like, you know, you're, mm. you're 70 – <laughs> and you look, then, you look a bit like a computer programmer <laughs> and then looked away and i was like yeah she's 70 she you know you're 65 asshole no roger was nice but but i had this i had a kind of one-two punch with ryan adams one time where i was we were in amsterdam and we were playing a show at a at a oh, club adams. called okay. called the called the paradiso and the Paradiso is this old church in the center of Amsterdam, and it has a big room, which is this enormous kind of like cathedral space with a big rose window, and it's kind of the it's the it's the main big club in Amsterdam. And then there's an upstairs room, which is more of like the club atmosphere. You can put you know 300 people in there, and so we're playing a show there. We've played there many times. Uh, normally, uh, or rather exclusively in the club area. The long winners have, have always played the club upstairs. And we were playing there one night, and Ryan Adams was playing the, the theater below. And so I went down, and I'm sitting in this, the third balcony uh, watching him sound check. So it's, it's just, just him and his band. And the only, and I'm the only person in the room and I'm on the, I'm like in the back of the third balcony, all the way at the top of the theater. And I'm just watching him sound check. And I had never been a, a fan or anything. I didn't care about him, but I just want, I was just watching him. Mean, he was running through his rock band songs and I was like, yeah, whatevs. And then he sent his band away and he, he did one song with an acoustic guitar and a harmonica. And it was that song, uh, where he goes, you stole all my records and you fucked all my friends. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not sure, but 
Well, he's got a song where he says he stole all my records and you fucked all my friends. And then he plays the harmonica. Mm-hmm. Stole all my records. Fucked all my friends. <laughs> harmonica. And I'm sitting up in the, in the theater and I'm like, this is a fucking great song. He could really like hold a room. I mean, I was the only one in the room, but I was rooted in the spot. Like, this is incredible. If I could do this, if I could stand there with an acoustic guitar and a harmonica and make that much music, like, why does he even have this band on tour with him? Why does he have a, he doesn't need a bass player or a drummer. He doesn't need all these amplifiers. Like, this is a guy that's got it. He's really got it. And I, I walked out of that sound check and was just like, God, whatever anybody says about Ryan Adams, I'm never going to have a bad word to say about him again because that was, that was an astonishing sound check. And you know, and I, I'm, I'm lucky that I have seen a lot of sound checks. You know, I get to kind of see bands do that thing where they, where they're just warming up and they, they make that magical song. And I've, I've had it too myself where you're doing a sound check and you're running through a song and the room is coming together. Mm -hmm. The sound is coming together and you're just like, God, I wish that I wish the room had been full to see that because that was a great, that's kind of, it's an intimate moment. It's a moment where you feel relaxed as a singer and you know, it's It's loose and you're just like, here I go. And you do this sound check and it's just incredible. I've seen some amazing sound checks, but this was one of them. Well, so later on, that afternoon, I'm out in the the um, I'm out in Amsterdam in, at the at the Leidsplein, which is a which is a square that's very close to the Paradiso, and it's a it's one of those big squares in Amsterdam where the, all the restaurants have outside tables and everybody's drinking beer and they're jugglers <laughs> and there are people doing street art and there are a lot of very beautiful girls on bicycles with their little fucking bells, Mm. their little like condescending bells as they're trying to ride through this, this crowd of tourists. Ding, 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 ding. And they're stone tourists everywhere. And these like beautiful girls are just trying to get home to their tall houses. (laughs) They're narrow, narrow, (laughs) narrow homes. They're narrow homes and they're tall staircases. And you're just sitting there in the lights playing and it's like this is amsterdam i'm having a time and there's a guy a street performer and he's got some marionettes and the marionettes one of them is playing the guitar and the other marionette is playing the piano and they're tall they're like three foot tall marionettes and he's out there performing and i'm watching he's, he's one guy's working marionettes he's working these two marionettes one of them playing the guitar one of them's playing uh, the piano and the, he's got a boom box and they're like jamming to some tunes <laughs> and I'm sitting, I'm sitting there, you know, with my, with my Fanta and I'm watching this guy and I'm thinking, you know, how does a guy like this who, ma- who obviously makes his own marionettes, he comes out here into the lights plane. He's jamming along to some Elton John with his two marionettes. Like what does this guy's life look like? He, he probably lives in a squat He's got a roommate that collects salt from around the world. <laughs> you know, this guy is the, there's some some girl that like he collects salt. From he's, got, he's got a he's got a whole rack of salt from all over. It takes a lot of space in a narrow house. 
you know, and they probably have a theater group and they probably do There's one of them isn't uh, well, John. If you, if you make your own marionettes, you're going to need a workspace. You know, he's got a workspace. That's exactly right. That he shares with he needs the guy. Those, what, like Geppetto tools, Geppetto tools. They probably have a lot of uh, terrariums in their squat. <laughs> That are there's probably plenty of macrame actually. Oh man! And I'm thinking about this guy's life, and I'm thinking about him, and he's he's the the marionettes are really rocking out at this point. And into the square comes Ryan Adams with an entourage of about six dudes that are all and they're all looking super duper duper hip you know it was before like the real skinny jeans era but they're looking like some new york Mm -hmm. skinny legged tousled hair looking rock and rollers they look super cool and they walk into the square and i'm sitting i'm in a crowd of there's five thousand people in the square so i'm just invisible and they're walking through the square and they're like they're walking like it's like they're in the opening of Hard Day's Night. You know, they're kind of like <laughs> clicking their heels up and and they're pointing their fingers at people and they're walking in a sort of a phalanx. You know, yeah, like a right. like migrating geese with Ryan at the front, <sighs> and they come up to this guy who's doing his marionettes. And I mean, on one side of the marionette guy, there's a juggler, and on the other side of the marionette guy, there's you know somebody that's that's making balloon animals. But like doing marionettes in a square takes enthusiasm and, and focus. Oh, oh he's, this guy's super focused. And, he's, and he's, really, this, he's really like into it. Yeah, and this is the kind of alternative, this is the kind of European alternative entertainment that has held Europe, Europe in thrall for the last 2,000 years. Yeah. Like, he, the, this marionette act, minus the Elton John, would have easily captivated Charlemagne. <laughs> You know, it is at that level of sort of like, clap, clap, bring in the marionettist. And he's, you know, he's been doing this his whole life. Anyway, right. so Ryan, Ryan Adams. <laughs> this is craft. His, this is his craft. Ryan Adams and his entourage, so some of whom are in his band, they come up on this marionette guy. And you can see in their faces like, hey, all right. And the marionette guy, I'm realizing that the way he makes his money is both that he's got a a hat out there and people throw money in as they go by, but also every street performer in Amsterdam, a big part of the way they make their money is that people want to pose with them for photographs. Right. That is like part of the deal. And so Ryan like turns to his friends and he's like, dudes, dudes, dudes. Get your, get your cameras. Check it, check it out. Check it out. And he goes over, and the marionette guy's like, all right, I got a live one here. And Ryan actually sits down at the little piano, the little fake piano. <laughs> he sits down at a marionette piano? Sits down at a marionette piano, and he starts to, he starts to pretend to play the piano. And the marionette guy is like, he, now he's working his marionettes overtime. The dude playing the guitar and the other marionette is kind of like sitting at the piano stool with Ryan and they are and his friends are taking pictures. But the marionette guy is riffing like he's, the, he's into it. He's he's fully involved in the scene and saying, OK, if you want to play a fucking marionette piano, I can do this. That's right. He is. He is. Oh, he man. is committed to this. And Ryan is like, and he's singing a bow and he's playing the piano, singing a song. And I'm watching from over on the side. 
And then it be, it, it, Ryan gets up from the piano and it becomes apparent that to him and to his friends, they had just given that marionette guy the thrill of his life. Ugh. And the marionette guy, who doesn't know who these kids are, he's, he, he's looking for uh, some guilders. Is looking for a couple of guilder, or at this point, euros, because hmm. the transition had been made. And but, he, he, but he's not feeling like he just got, I'm sorry, but he doesn't feel like he just like got graced by, by the ironic fake marionette piano playing of fucking Ryan Adams. No, he doesn't know who the he he this is. He's kid a is fully just, committed marionettist who's yeah. wondering why the guy with the floppy hair and the reservoir dog guys aren't crossing his palm. Yeah. And so and they all kind of stand there like fully ignoring the marionette dude now uh, as they look at the pictures on their phones. They've already moved on. And the marionette guy is reduced to grabbing the his hat off like putting his marionettes down, grabbing the hat. And kind of walking over to them, like, hey, that was fun, right? Like, put a little, like, put a, throw a one in here or whatever. And they, like, just completely give him the, hey, kid, we gave you, we gave you our autographs now. Like, move along type of thing. And the marionette guy's like forty years old. Oh god. And they and they kind of march off on their on their uh on their hard day's night adventure. And I'm sitting there having watched the whole thing and having seen him earlier in the day do this song that was still like ringing in my head. Mm-hmm. And then and then watch him in real life kind of come along and, and be so and be walking through Amsterdam, one of my favorite cities in the world, and just be blind to it and blind to what is happening and blind to everyone else in the world mm-hmm. and blind to just like, how do you, I mean, and I'm, and I'm watching a thousand people walk through the lights plane and not see anything and just be on their own stoner trip or whatever. But the contrast for me in just in the space of an hour or two, it really, like, in a, in a way, it was kind of devastating to realize that somebody can make something really beautiful, a song like that, that is that, that I felt like, it wasn't just the performance, but the song itself had something in it that showed an like, intelligence. Like, like humanity. Humanity, precisely. Somebody yeah. perceiving something true, and then to see, then see that same person incapable of perceiving something so simple as like their actual place in the world rather than the one that was being sort of reinforced by the, by the entourage and by the idea. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've had that feeling walking out of a club after a sound check, walking around a town and feeling like everybody in this town is talking about me. Right. And then realizing that everybody in that town is talking about the baseball game. And there's really only a few hundred people that are talking about you. But it's also, I mean, I guess this is embedded in the story, but it's all, it's kind of funny that like you were the only person there in the, you know, up in the balcony for this. Hmm. Are you going to be okay? I'm great. So much for the humanity. I feel amazing. Yeah. I was the only person, You're the only the person b- there for this very humane performance 
like you had this like weirdly singular experience of apart from the the you know Dutch sound guys, you were the only person there, you know, more or less, to see this great performance. But uh, then in the midst of this busy Leiden Square or whatever, like yeah. you, you, you at the same time, you watched a completely different, probably unintentional performance, not of like a song, but of like uh, uh, of that person's uh, interior bullshit. Like, it isn't was, it weird? Like, you were the audience for something really amazing, and then you were the audience for something really off-putting. Yeah. And to, like an, to time, another, like, he would never think of that guy as another artist. He's just some some dickhead in Amsterdam, yeah. and he treats him like a fucking hobo. Yeah. What right. an asshole. Well, I'm sorry. That That's that's a, really lame. It felt like that time when I was sitting in the bathtub, <laughs> eating a sandwich, <laughs> having just smoked a pot. This was a long time ago. <laughs> You, and, even, even then, you, you, I'm sorry. Even then, you were enjoying sandwiches in a tub. Oh, I always es- have. especially yeah. You get a well, meatball, meatball sub in there. The thing about smoking pot in the bathtub, it is the thing I miss the most of oh, all the drugs. Man, really? Is to is to sit in the bathtub and smoke pot and eat a sandwich. <laughs> That's right in the pocket for you. It's just it was so amazing. It really brings everything together, doesn't it? And I had to take the pot out of the equation oh, because no. it pot is a bad. It's really in, in the in the in the full scheme of things, pot is a net bad. Oh, it's so it's a net bad. Oh. It's a net bad, but it, it but, seems like such a good idea, and it's it really, really doesn't. Not. And and you know, and there and as there are as people said, in their fifties that and sixties that still think it's a good idea. People smoke pot every damn day. So They're, much pot, John. And as I've said many times, I never, I never woke up in jail and thought it was pot. I was on pot last night, and now I'm in jail. Like pot doesn't do that. Pot is not bad in that way. But boy, pot is bad. But it's sure great to smoke pot and be a bathtub. But one time I was sitting in my bathtub, and there was, and and I had put a load of laundry in downstairs, and the and the uh, the washing machine was on the spin cycle and it was going, you know, doing this like spin cycle noise from the basement, but it, it was, it was echoing through the house. It was vibrating the house and I'm lying there in the bathtub. I'm kind of enjoying this vibration of the washing machine kind of freaking out downstairs. And there's a jet flying over like a jumbo jet on its way to somewhere far away somewhere elsewhere in the world full of people that were going to enjoy Seoul, Korea and it's <laughs> high up in the sky and for a period of about 20 seconds the sound of the faraway jet and the rumbling of the washing machine created a harmony that was perceptible only to me in my bathtub in my stoner bathtub wow. and it was a perfect chord it was like like it was for you. It, it was it was absolutely for me because it was. I oh, mean, it wasn't, nobody else, even in a slightly different bathtub, they would have not heard the same thing. If you were in the kitchen, you wouldn't have heard it. But sitting here in, in this space, it was a perfect mix, and it was you know the, the the sound of a jet overhead is a chord of itself. It's not just a single note. It's a it's a whole panoply of notes, and the washing machine was making both rhythm and and a chord and it all connected and just filled this filled this space with this pink cloud of this perfect harmonic and i was like boom 
There it is. That was it. I don't know what there, what else there is. I was there. Mm-hmm. It's all been downhill since. It was t- 20 years ago. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You got a, a lot of boogers. Yeah. <sighs> I um, used to shake my daughter a lot to make sure she was alive. When she was sleeping? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think everybody does it. And, and I never shook anybody. Not shook, but didn't you ever like in the numerous times that in, in a sweet but kind of creepy way you stood and, and like watched your kids sleep? Like especially when your kid's an infant. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been very inculcated with this whole fear of an infant dying. You know, SIDS, you know, yeah. and so on. And you're like, oh, should it? You got to make sure you roll it over onto its back. And, uh, you know, since, since my daughter was, you know, that age, I've seen lots of like funny parodies of this and stuff, but you know, uh, I don't know if you ever felt this, but I, but I would often feel like, uh, the baby finally got to sleep. Yeah. And that is really so the goal so much of the time in the first like six months. It's like, oh my God, for everybody involved, like people I don't even know, (laughs) it's huge that this baby get to sleep. And the last thing in the world I want to do, like really, seriously, like apart from stabbing it, the last thing I want to do is wake this baby up. Yeah, don't don't wake the baby. You never had that feeling though? I would have that feeling where I was like, maybe I'm just sleep deprived, but she's not moving. Yeah, well that whole business, that whole business of like, your baby's going to die your baby's going to die, they yeah. tell you, is so crazy-making. And and all the old and not, ladies... And not that helpful. It's not helpful. Uh, all the old ladies, like, or, 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 you know, my mom and everybody was like, we never worried about that, and you were fine. You slept on your back or your front or whatever it is they tell you not to do, <laughs> and you were fine. We, we used to drive around in a Dodge Shit, man, car. for three years, you had a fucking Fisher-Price <laughs> kid in your throat. <laughs> we used to stick you in the glove box and and get, go and go do jumps. We put in you in the, the dark. put you in the boot of the beetle, and you were fine. But but that I don't know what it is, but that talk of like oh they're going to die, and then you read the the accounts of people whose babies do die, <sighs> and you think there is nothing worse. There there's nothing worse, and yeah, if my baby dies and. I was sitting upstairs, or I was in a different room going, don't go check on the baby, she's fine. Well, if you were listening for the resonance of the universe in a bathtub, like, not high, but with a sub, and you thought, like, God, 30 seconds could have made the difference. Yeah, right. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. Like, you know, can I just say, don't Google dry drowning. Dry drowning? Don't Google it. That sounds terrible. Exactly. There There is shit that happens to your kids that's so stupid and so like you can't even detect it it's like uh it's like body thetans like th- th- like there's no way you can even know that this thing's gonna go wrong so body you thetans? know it's part of your tech we'll talk about it later i, I was at powell's bookstore not very your long tone ago. level is very low john my tone your tone level yeah my, well i was at powell's bookstore <laughs> not very long ago and i there's a on the top floor of powell's there's a rare book room mm-hmm which is kind of where I, I like Powell's overwhelms me, but I can go into the rare book room. And <laughs> don't just, they don't they have like an app with GPS? 
Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's a totally overwhelming. I mean, it's wonderful to get lost in, but it is completely overwhelming. Yeah, I don't. You know, I I go into the section. I'm like, where's the landscaping section? And they're like, <laughs> which it is one? The, it is this city block, sir. And I'm like, oh fuck you. But I but the rare book room is a, is a contained, walled off place where you can go and it's very quiet and everything in there is something interesting and cool. And I went in there not very long ago and there was a complete, complete library of high ranking Scientology books in a, that it was like a, it was like not a box set because there were too many books, but it was like, it came with its own cabinet that was painted white and looked like one of those egg chairs. Like it, it had a pedestal and magic doors and it was all the pages were all in gold the thing was sure that's not a false flag i i I can't believe that's allowed to stand that's the thing it was incredible i looked at this that that is un john if you know the first or second thing about i'm not gonna say the name i don't know anything about. but if you know the first or second thing about that group that is unbelievable that 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 egg chair would exist well, and so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, "This seems like a thing I should have." Oh, John, no, I, no, no, no! I, I don't ever want to. I don't want to ever read one of these. But it seems like the Ark of the Covenant. If you oh, have it, that makes the Necronomicon look like a fucking candy cane. Don't even you know, get near it. You know, it's like the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. If oh, you could, that's um, nothing, man. That's fucking chewing gum next to that shit. So I looked at it. I looked oh, at it. I looked John. at it. Looking at, it, thinking, you know, twelve hundred dollars seems reasonable for this because who else is going to have one? Monkey's paw, John. If I if I could buy it and just give it to John Flansburg and I would have done my that would have been my job uh, yeah. for the w- world that would have justified my existence mm-hmm. and then I was like oh I can't I can't do it but but I so I walked out of there and I felt like I had been inside the inner inner sanctum of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir or whatever I had seen that uh, they had opened the kimono I had seen the thing I had seen the books are you are you pretty sure they were real. Oh, it was fully real. This was like a. Do you, do you think they would really have that? Uh, we're this was of, a. John, we're a, cutting all this out. Do you, do you think this was actually, a deluxe. The thing is, people would they have leave it bound? Like would they have it? No, no, no. But do you see, like, you get above, like, if you you get to a certain OT level. Yeah. You get above, I think, OT three or OT five. That is some serious fucking shit. Because yeah. you get to the you get to the level of like. I think OT3 or OT5 is where LRH first talks about like how if you look at this and you're not ready, it will literally kill you. Whoa. You don't it's, know about this? It, it is the Ark of the Covenant. Oh. It, it melts your face. No, the, the Ark of the Covenant is fucking putt-putt golf, man. This is like wow. 40 Tiger Woods with a very high tone level. Well, so I don't <clears> – <throat> I did not know enough not to look at it. I looked at it a lot. But every time I opened it and read the words, it just seemed like I was reading the owner's manual for a for like a Betamax. <laughs> Stop right there! We're cutting all this out. 